your seatbelt on. Seatbelt's on. Should we turn the air conditioning off? Yeah. Hey, Glennis. Hey, Joe. Tell everyone where we are right now. We're in uh, the village of Burr Oak, Iowa. Home for a brief period of time to Ur influencer, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Laura Ingalls Wilder, one of the first influencers. We've been on the road reporting about Laura for the new Wilder podcast for about four days now, recording 12 hours of tape a day, meeting people who love Laura Ingalls Wilder and learning so much about the impact and influence she has had on everything. Dresses, prairie dresses, nap dresses, little houses. Farmhouse um, design. Everything Chip and Joanna Gaines have ever done is based on Laura Ingalls Wilder. Artisanal cooking. So much. And pantry design. It's not even three o'clock and I've eaten fried cheese in five different ways. I was say four days, 17 cheese curd All the varieties cheese later. Yeah. My biggest takeaway from this trip is how it, I can't stand being nearly 20 weeks pregnant in a car for two hours. And I don't know how Ma did it in a covered wagon for six months. I'm happy we're on the museum side of the experience and not in the creating the thing that became the museum. But um, yeah, so we've been busy. We've been crazy busy reporting out Wilder. It's going to come to your ears sometime next year, but we haven't been so busy that I wasn't able to record a fun episode of Jenny Mullins podcast, Third Wheel, with her yesterday from the car, literally from the front seat of this car. And we're going to drop that into our feeds today. I'm really excited about Remind it. Remind me who Jenny Mullen is. Jenny is an actress and an author. For the past decade, she's been writing these hilarious essays about motherhood and marriage. She happens to be married to the actor Jason Biggs. I interviewed her seven years ago for my book, How to Be Married. Which you were uh, researching the last time we were on a cross-country road trip. True story. True story. And we've kept in touch since then. And yesterday we got to talk for a little over an hour about her new book, which is a novel about a mom influencer. And Jenny's real big on Instagram, like, and she is just beloved on the gram. But this is the story of an unemployed copy editor who stumbles into the world of a crazy famous, crazy social media famous mom influencer, and then shit gets real dark. Sounds like it could have been an episode of Under the Influence. I kind of feel like Jenny and I have been living in each other's heads unwittingly for the past couple of years. And we talk about that. This is a whole hour of Jenny interviewing me and me interviewing Jenny on her podcast, Third Wheel. We're dropping it in the feed. It is a fun listen. And now I'm going to go probably eat some more freaking cheese. Hi, guys. Welcome to Third Wheel with Jenny Mullen. Today, we are going to get into a topic that I don't know. I don't want to say that it's near and dear to my heart because it's actually something that I've had to confront and deal with based on my need to perform and uh, seek out validation from strangers who sell books. Uh, And I'm talking about social media and my relationship with social media and 
mom influencing. So today I decided that I needed to have on somebody who was an expert in the field, somebody who is doing it herself on her own podcast under the influence. Her name is Joe Piazza. She's a friend of mine. I've known her for many years, but we've never actually met in person, which is, I mean, just perfect because I guess the whole the whole like crux of momfluencing is that it is based on all of these parasocial relationships we're forming with strangers. So Joe is another parasocial relationship that I have in my life that, you know, I feel like we keep up with each other. We keep up with the Kardashians of each other's lives, uh, but we haven't actually met in person. Uh, we are, however, on the exact same wavelength when it comes to momfluencing, when it comes to social media, marriage, so many other topics. So I would like to welcome Joe. Joe, hi. Hi. How are I'm you? To to, I'm good. I'm in a car on the side of the road in Pepin, Wisconsin. So it looks fucking amazing. And I am 18 weeks pregnant and I have to pee so bad. And I'm like, can I just go behind this dumpster on the side of the road? Yes, that's um, what I used to do. I would just get out of the car and pee wherever. Jason was yeah, horrified. Just, oh, yeah. No, yeah. My husband's completely horrified. But I'm like, really? Really? Then you have this fucking baby. They don't understand. They don't know. They're never going to know. And this third baby is all happening because my husband refused to get a vasectomy. Are and you serious? I just, yeah. I just wanted to, he was like, oh, it won't happen. You're so old. There's one egg left in there. One egg was left in there, smoking a Marlboro. Wait, so girl. did he not pull out? Like, because that, that's like Jason and I, our only method of birth control has always been just pulling out. Well, yeah, how is, has that worked for you? It has, randomly. Let's see. Once I did get pregnant, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, shit. Oh, my God. But are you mm-hmm. kind of excited? I'm totally excited. I think I secretly wanted a third baby. I think it's going to be like I see babies right now. I'm 43 and I want to grab them. I want to just like take them and eat them. I know you want to eat them. You just want to like lick their feet. And I, uh, yeah, no, I I think I'm secretly excited. I'm having this baby when I'm 42. So I didn't, I really, I didn't think it was possible. No, it's awesome. I don't think it's that old anymore. I mean, by New York standards, you're very young. I know that like the world considers you a geriatric pregnancy, but. (laughs) They do, which is amazing because they don't consider Elon Musk a geriatric father and he just keeps pooping out children with his employees. Isn't it bizarre? It's like a factory. It's a factory over there. It really, I, I used to think that Kevin Fetterman had the most super sperm in the whole world. And now I think it's Elon Musk. Because his is probably like made in a lab. I think he's, his like goes into like a Petri dish first injected Mm -hmm. with all sorts Mm -hmm. of supplements and then inserted into people who work there. Insert it. Yeah. Inserts it into random women. Yeah. They might not even know to be honest until it comes out and they're like, all right, at least he's rich. Right. At least I'm set for life and I can have a Tesla to drive my my babies around in. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to have you here. This is insane that we haven't connected. I just just read the first four chapters of your book and I was like, holy shit. How did I not know that your book was about mom influencers? Because it is so similar to everything that we've been imagining i've been also writing a pilot in my head about mom influencers and i'm like oh yes this this is the world i've been living in for the past three years yeah well i i look i'm looking i'm looking at all of your seven books do you have more than seven is it eight now i think 
think it's 10 now. 10? Because well, I, ghost, I ghost wrote two. I ghost wrote two for the show Younger. So if you count those. You're a machine. How do you I have know. the time? I don't know. I, th- I, write, I think I write half of them in my sleep. Or I wrote them while I was breastfeeding a baby. I dictated them on my phone and just banged them out. But you've got like five now, right? No, four, I have five. four. And one took me four years. You have like Celebrity Inc., which How Famous People Make Money. I have to read that. That I wish I would have read that before I wrote my novel. Fitness Junkie, I haven't read. The Knockoff, I'm dead. Like that also is such a, I, I, I really need to read that. And then I think I, I make an appearance in How to Be Married, don't I? I interviewed you and you blurbed it. And I blurbed it. I just random, I randomly like cold called you, I think. And I was like, please blurb this book about marriage. Because I think you're so funny. Um, and you blurbed it. But, yeah, you were, but you were we so are funny. like on the same wavelength, same page, something. I, I'm not sure what's going on between us, but we have a weird connection. Because everything I'm think. thinking, you're thinking. So I, I need I know. to know, you have this wildly successful podcast right now called Under the Influence. And when I found out about that, because I'm sitting here writing the pilot of the book, City of Likes, I was like, I really want to understand, you know, just everything that's out there about, you know, how people, how journalists are sort of breaking down and looking at influencing. So I'm curious. I want you to, like, give me your take on all of this, this crazy world that we're living in. Well, I love that you said breaking down because I think that I had a breakdown when I wrote this, when, when I wrote the pilot for this podcast, really, I had just given birth to my second baby. She didn't sleep all night long. I just had her on the boob. She didn't really breastfeed either. She just wanted to be on the boob. Yeah. And the only appendage I had free was my thumb. So I'm scrolling yes. Instagram with this, with this angry child on mm-hmm. me. And that was the first time I really discovered mom influencers I knew influencers existed. I've worked with influencers before on projects, but the mom influencers, it was this whole world of clean white houses and you know beautiful women and barefoot children. And they were all trying to fucking sell me something. And I decided I'm like, I have to report on this. I have to do a podcast about this. And I called iHeart and they're like, didn't you just have a baby? aren't you still bleeding? And I'm like, don't worry, I've got this. I'm going to start recording it right now. And they're like, okay, fine, Joe, whatever. She's crazy. And it started out that I wanted to just kind of pull back the curtain on this perfect world. I'm like, they're clearly taking pictures of their beautiful houses and then behind the scenes, like beating their children and feeding them Cheetos. Like that has to be what's happening. And in some cases, you know, not the beating of the children part, but yeah, no one's this perfect. It is so much fakery and you're hiring a photographer to take a month's worth of pictures in a single day. And the rest of the time you are feeding your kid Cheetos and they're watching Paw Patrol because that's how we're all getting anything done. (laughs) I also developed an intense respect for a lot of these women because what other jobs are currently open to women where you can raise your children and do all of the shit that we have to do as a wife and still make some money. Journalism jobs certainly don't exist anymore. That's why I make podcasts and write books. And the journalism jobs that do exist, magazines give you complete shit maternity leave. So even though you know they're made off the backs of women, they're not offering you amazing leave or amazing benefits and certainly not paying for your daycare. So... I feel like this is a whole generation of women. They're like, fuck it. We're just going to capitalize on Instagram. 
and make money this way because no one else is supporting us. But then everything just, it also gets so dark. And I love, I have not gotten to the part where your book gets a lot darker, but I'm, but I'm here for all of it because I think that there's a lot of weird shit happening behind the scenes that no one talks about in the world of mom. And, you know, and I talk about in the book and, and also just like in general, when I'm, I don't know, getting on this subject, the fact that Instagram gave me a platform, you know, I can't like social media launched my career. It gave me agency. It gave me financial independence. It gave me sort of a voice outside of being Jason Biggs's wife. So, you know, there are Instagram made you, I think Instagram may have made you even more famous than your husband. I gotta say it. Jason, are you listening? Jason's never listened to one of my podcasts, but I may just play this on repeat for him while he sleeps. But no, yeah, so it's it is like a great it has been an amazing tool for women, I will say. But it is also, I think, a truly just insidious, horrible thing mm-hmm. as well, because it's made us all such a keeping up with the Joneses, desperate for external validation, craving constantly like just likes and approval from others in a way that I don't even know that, you know, part of me, I wondered at one point, were were moms such a big thing? Like before 2010, was anybody thinking about moms in this way? And, and, you know, at first I was like, well, no, or, or maybe I wasn't because I didn't have kids, but I don't think that's true. I think that the mom influencer and like being a mom became this like almost like cool sub genre identity once Instagram start go, started going, you know, Twitter, you could be funny, but you until we could see the visual component, you couldn't really monetize. You couldn't no, really no. capitalize on no. like the platform you had. So I do think that this idea of like the mommy and in, and it is so like, ex, I mean, it really is grossly, you know, exclusive and, and it, it, it all is about like, you know, tr- if you buy these sunglasses, if you buy these Celine sunglasses, you too will have clean countertops and kids that you don't cry. You will be the perfect mother. Your yeah. kids will no longer shit on the floor. Yeah. They won't. You will be succeeding. Won't. You won't be failing at motherhood. Mm-hmm. Your Sunday scaries will turn into margarita Mondays and you're going to like be killing it at life. So it's just based on all of these sort of false promises that really, I mean, it's cringy. It gets kind of cringy. It's not kind of cringy. It's the most cringy. And you're so right. I think the commodification of motherhood has been happening since the beginning of women's magazines mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You know, what portrayals of women on television. But Instagram has commodified motherhood in a completely new way. I've had mom influencers and just moms who follow Instagram who have had complete nervous breakdowns who sit mm-hmm. in their therapist's office and say, I feel like I'm not enough. I'm failing every day. Nothing has done more to make moms feel like shit and feel guilty than Instagram. And it's perpetuated by other moms, but also by the Instagram algorithm mm. that demands perfection and beauty and really rewards you for having more and more children. It makes you, it, it I mean, that's gives what, you. Yeah. It, you yes. stay relevant. You have to have another baby to stay in the game, to keep the brands paying you. That's what's really fucked. And it loves a pregnant belly so much that I've posted fake before my surprise third baby. I've posted fake pregnant belly (gasps) pictures 
And it gets more likes than anything else that I've ever done. Oh my God, that's fascinating. Yeah. I'm like, oh, do Should I, I, I post a fake belly I'm, just to see what happens? Yes. Dude, with I'm going book, to. With a, pic- with a picture of the book because, and I posted it with, I posted one with a picture of my new book. And it worked. Um, and it worked and it got so much attention that it got more attention than my book being a, like the Good Morning America book club pick. It was, Which is it was huge. Like, oh, <laughs> I know it was it was huge, but not not as big as a naked pregnant belly on the Instagram, according to the algorithm, to get all of the likes. And I think you know, just getting like this external validation. A lot of these mom influencers are like, it broke me. I lost thirty pounds. I developed a new eating disorder. I completely had a nervous breakdown just because I wanted people to like me more and more on Instagram mm. then so that I could get paid more and more on Instagram. And that's the shitty part about it because you want moms to get paid. I want all of the moms to make all of the money. Yeah. But the way that they have to do it by portraying fake ass perfection is so insidious and so gross. And you said like keeping up, up with the Joneses. And I think about it like keeping up with the Natalies uh-huh. and the Harpers, all of whom yes. are more are the Mormon Instagram moms who, of course, are going to be better looking than I am because they didn't smoke a pack of Marlboro every day in their <laughs> 20s or drink until last call. So, of course, they're beautiful. I look like this because I had so much fun in my 20s and I don't regret that, but I'm never going to look like a Mormon mom. The Mormon moms are fascinating to me, and they really do kill it, especially with, like, the affiliate programs. It is okay. also, though, again, there's even more exclusion there because it's really white motherhood. It's like white yep. American Christian mm-hmm. motherhood. I mean, that is it's a whole nother ball game of, like, you're not in our club if you aren't all of these things, if you don't look this way, if your kids aren't wearing matching pajamas, if you're mm-hmm. not you know, barefoot on the farm, able to access, you know, nature in that. I'm living in like a New York City apartment. And it's just, right? it is you like, it's really. You can't raise chickens there. Hell, I don't have my own fucking eggs. <laughs> no, I know. Those beautiful blue eggs that you only see on Mormon mom's Instagrams. Yes. Awesome. And how, and also, you know, it is so funny. It's like, the way they can photograph these meals, I, I just look with the dictator lunches stuff that I do. I'm like, I don't have light, guys. This is the best you're getting from me. And, and yeah. you know, these women with these, I don't, I, it's, it's a lot. It's just a lot. But I have to give you kudos because I will tell you that dictator lunches, my kid, my four and a half year old, he does not eat anything that is not beige. It is all chicken fingers. It is all bread, like that Hawaiian buns that really should. Oh yeah, my son loves bread. those squishy bread. <laughs> is what he squishy calls it. Bread. I want the squishy bread. bread. Yeah, and dictator lunches made me feel so much better. It did. Oh my god, good. My so I didn't. It didn't life. shame you because no, some people no, tell me that, that I'm shaming them. Oh my god, no! It gave me such external validation from just like, oh, of course, like other kids, other kids don't don't eat shit either. And yeah. also, it made me feel better. Like it gave me things to to put to try to put in the lunches, and it was okay if they don't eat them because I like I've been so afraid now to go out of the box. Mm. I was like, all right, just put in the things you like. Put in the things you like. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna do this, and and then see what happens. See how it comes back. And it was very. It was, it was a turning point for me. You gave me so much validation. Oh my god! Because like I don't, I don't, I don't sometimes I feel I feel guilt. Like you know, it's I talk about. 
you know, how these moms are making other moms feel like shit. But then I've had many people say to me, dictator lunches makes me feel like I'm failing as a mom because I don't I just throw a cheese stick in their box and and call it a day. And I keep kind of trying to say, I'm left-handed, guys. I was dyslexic, anorexic, a theater major. I should, I'm not a professional fucking chef. I just like am psychotic about, I'm not going to, I don't, the thing that I don't understand, and I watch it all the time, and, and yes, there's a socioeconomic component to children and nutrition, and it's disgusting that America only gives $1.40 per meal per day for school lunches for kids. But I'm not even focused on that. I'm focusing on these moms I see watch, walking out of like their fancy townhouses with their kid eating a Lunchable. It's like they just take the path of least resistance because you don't want the fight. And I am sort yeah, of saying to they, those people, like, if you're so busy getting them Chinese fucking classes, having them learn Mandarin, having them do mm-hmm. you the, know, violin. the yeah. violin, and you're investing mm-hmm. in everything else in their lives, they're going to these you know, fancy private schools that are so woke teaching about Indigenous People's Day and fuck Christopher Columbus, but they learn nothing about nutrition. Like you just throw yeah. nuggets at them and you're done. That's why I just feel like there's it's it. Why is it not linked? Why do we care about enriching somebody's mind, but not like their body? Not their bodies, <laughs> their little bodies. And it's, I think I'm it's so, fucked. I mean, I, it's fucked. It's totally fucked. And like, for so long, I was just like, I can't have the fight. I can't have the fight. Yep. Okay, eat your nuggets. Eat your mm. dino nuggets, you little son of a bitch. Yep. And no, you inspired me to try. And I you know love what? that. He, he ate something the other day. Well, I tricked him because we were in Hudson, which is the most pretentious little town outside of New York. And we were, I went to him to a vegan ice cream shop, which is an oxy complete, you know, you can't call yourself an ice cream <laughs> shop, goddamn vegan store. But I tricked him into eating strawberry beet vegan ice cream and felt so proud. And I don't think I would have done it except for dictator lunches. So, oh my God. I love no. you. No, you're, I, doing I good, just, you're doing God's work. I, I don't God's know, work. man. I'm just like, I feel like I, they get so stubborn. So then I double down and I'm like, you know, I think that lunch is a fun place to have the battle because at night you're there. Right. So the dynamic changes, but when you're not around, mm-hmm. what can they do? Like I love them. I love nothing more than when they refuse to eat an oatmeal or something breakfast I've made, right? That I want, that I'm salivating over. (laughs) They don't want it. Mm -hmm. And then they go to school. I'm like, bye. Because I know they're going to be hungry. And then I know they're forced to eat the lunch, which is the biggest win for me. But I almost don't care what comes back because I do think that it's more about right now. It doesn't even matter what they're eating. It's the modeling. And it's just like Mm -hmm. the redundance of seeing it over and over again. It becomes not weird. There's nothing weird about it. No, I'm gonna force you to do this. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the I'm war gonna, on I'm blueberries gonna, in my house. You can't, you wouldn't believe yeah, it. I'm gonna Jedi mind trick you mm-hmm. into doing this, which yeah. is really what parenting is. It's just tricking them until they have no choices left. <laughs> it's tricking, it's tricking, it's constant tricking. I but I like dictator lunches because I think that there's so much bakery and bullshit on mom Instagram. It's yeah. like, look at the beautiful birthday party that I pulled off with the color, with the rainbow gift bags. Mm. And like, there's just no truth to it. it. It is. And I think your Instagram for a long time has been like a lot of honesty. Like, this is what it's like to be a woman in the goddamn world. And it's hard. And being a mother is fucking hard. And being a wife is weird and strange mm. and hard. And there's not like so much of what we see on social media is just smoke and mirrors and bullshit. 
And I don't think people really want that. I want, I'm like, I, I, I sometimes want to look at beautiful houses when I'm trying to figure out like how to, you know, redesign my kitchen. Right. Yeah. Or I, I, I like looking at outfits. I do. I like scrolling Instagram, but I want to see real women going through real shit. And I think you've put that out. And that's why Instagram liked you so much. But what do you think about, I, I also think that there are a lot of women who almost the oversharing became too, so much. They leaned into that as well. And then it was almost yeah, uh, yes, a different yes. movement of like, watch me have my breakdown. And that also... Mm-hmm. Which I also don't like. I don't like Bothers me. Um, There's something always yeah. that will be like performance, no matter what, about Instagram. Because you're holding a fucking phone in your hand. Like, it's not truly a slice of life for anybody. No. No. And I think the, there is there was then this movement towards the oversharing that then wasn't real. And I've seen I've videos of, of certain influencers and mom influencers and they're crying. Mm-hmm. They're like sobbing on their beige carpet in their perfectly clean bedroom, sobbing um, about their, their anxiety and their depression and their breakdowns, but their mascara is not running. <gasps> it's amazing. Come on. It's so it's like, it's perfection. It's like planned. Per, it, it, it's like, it's almost like your iPhone with planned obsolescence. Like yes. you're planning your anxiety attack. You're planning, you know, this revelation about about your mental health because you also know that you're going to get likes for that. It's a it's the ba- it's the fake baby bump. It's the fake baby bump. It's the fake baby bump of, of mental health. And like I like so, it's so funny because even talking about any of this, I know that someone's going to shit on me later and say make a comment and be like, "You're shaming people," and I'm like, "No shaming anyone." Oh and my like, thing, we, no. I think people who, who listen to like my shit at least are like, we fucking hate them like, too. Oh, thank God. We fucking <laughs> think hate those people somebody too. say something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I think and also there is there are constant pleas for sympathy mm. on Instagram mm-hmm. that I can't handle. It's like, yeah, it's it's all too much. It's all it's all too much mindfuckery. And I say all the time too, I'm like, I would get off of it. If Instagram didn't sell my books, man, like that's the problem, right? We need it. Yeah. I sell more, I sell more books through social media and writing books is what I really like to do. Mm -hmm. than I do through a great, you know, story about my book in Vogue or, or good morning America, which was amazing. But if I have an influencer post a book that sells just as many copies these days. So this is fascinating. So you think that, the influencers can sell more books than the TV. I don't really, I mean, coming off, I'm just coming yeah. off of almost done with this book tour. I don't really yeah. know what sold what, but you think that actually having, I mean, and by I the think, way, the, we, me having these influencers do it was literally me like holding a knife to them and being like, you, I fucking have sold your shit for the last four years. If you don't post my yeah. book, you're dead to yeah. me. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like, it's begging. It's threatening. Oh, it's threatening. Like, none of this. <laughs> None of this is organic and beautiful. No. It is it is no, it is it is it is me like, you know, behind the scenes, like dancing like a monkey, um, begging people and and you know, being like, God damn you, I'll I'll yeah. never post any, I'll never repost anything ever again. Yeah. I, I mean it's all pathetic. I hate myself. I hate myself after a book tour, by the way. Like after I just feel like I have you're a whore this, you know, like you're literally whore. whoring out thank you that's how I I'm feel I'm a whore I'm a total whore um and another book to my editor I just finished another book like I just like why 
why don't I just do so? Why do I become a plumber? I feel like plumbers make really good money. I think days. books, and I don't know if you feel this way, but for me, it's like a book is the ultimate. You know, so many people are like, oh, your, sh- your book is going to be a TV show. And I'm just like, I come from like, TV and film like yeah. for me that's not the win I mean who cares about that like I I get mm. it but that never I mean the odds of like a show actually getting on the air people don't understand how many different <laughs> tiers and hoops you have to jump through they're like no, 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 no. you know it's like no guys love mm-hmm. the win that it was on deadline and be done with it the only win yeah, for me exactly. is like I love love it when someone when, when you get the story on deadline that, that people, it's an option and it's yeah. going to be made. People love that, but I'm like, it's never getting made. Yeah, people call you. They're like, congrats. <laughs> Who's playing really who? It's up. like, I, guys, it's so far from that. But the book is we had so Ju- concrete. We had, Julia Ro- we had Julia Roberts signed on to do my last book. Right, um, and it means nothing. Nothing. No. I know. No, no. That it all just, yeah, just completely blew up by the end of it. That was never going to be a TV show. People don't get that. No. No, it's the book. It's the book. Yeah, like love, so you have I to love, love having the book. Yes, you, you really have do. to love having the book. But oh, so in terms of what sells books, is it influencers? Is it TV? I think that they're just they're like symbiotic. They're like you know the little fish that feeds the big fish, um, mm. and you have to have both, and you have to have them perfectly timed, and you have to make sure that your novel doesn't come out the same week as Leanne Moriarty and Amartels, which my last one did. I'm like, I had Ellen Hildebrand this time. You're, you're, yeah, you're fucked. You're fucked. Like you're just like, intense. yeah, you can't. No, because everyone who everyone who would buy your book is definitely definitely buying Ellen Hild- Hildebrand's book. That R- week. They and want the Nantucket Hotel, <laughs> which I'm like, so do I? don't I know how that ends? <laughs> I know how it ends. I'm still probably going to read it, <gasps> um, but. The fun thing is, I don't know how your book ends. I'm very excited. I'm, I don't have my heart because I got on a flight right after I got off the stop talking to you um, DMs the other day, and you sent me. But my husband's bringing it to me on Thursday. You're gonna and love it because it's gonna speak to everything that you. It, it already does. It, it already is. is. Yes, I think. No, I mean, like everything that you're saying in the first four chapters. I'm like, yep, this is how I feel about motherhood. Yes, but when you get into the like Instagram influencer shit, I think it's. It's very rewarding wait. for people like us who have had to sort of watch it unfold and also have like almost unwillingly or maybe willingly, but ha- taken part in it. I think yeah. it will yeah. really, it's satisfying. No, I'm planning on ignoring my kids all day Friday it's in Rocky satisfying. Mountain National Park to read it. I mean, I know <laughs> I'm going to post a lot of pictures on Instagram of me ignoring my children while they like, you know, climb a mountain without me. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, I mean, you are a journalist. You've You've delved deeper into this subject than I ever will. What do yeah. you think? Where do we go from here? I think we all have to be Instagram famous if we want to produce other really great and hilarious content and shit. Like even TV shows, really, at this point. I mean, and that's podcasts. insane and so I sad. I think other content, it's so sad. And I don't think we have a choice. I think we have to keep producing social media and being, you know, peppy and, you know, Instagrammy, social media famous if we want to get eyeballs on the stuff that we really love right it's do like you that do the is, reels no i just i'm starting to do the reels and i hate them and i think they're so dumb and i also i know that i fail at tiktok and i know that tiktok is what's actually selling books right now apparently really like, you know tick oh tiktok famous authors have like five books on the bestseller list what yeah colleen hoover man colleen hoover Oh my like God. if you can be famous on TikTok or if if to book talk likes your books, 
that is what does really well right now. Wow. So, and I don't know, I am bad at TikTok. I'm bad at videos. I don't like, like I can take a still photo, not like a pretty one, but a still photo and write a funny caption. But like on videos, you're going to see all three of my chins and <laughs> I don't know where to put the camera. And I also don't want, you don't put your kids on social media anymore. After reporting under the influence, we have one episode called The Sharon Hood that talks about like all the fucked up things that crazy people can do with your kids' pictures when they steal them from Instagram, oh, which scary. happens constantly. And I won't, so I wiped my, my feed of like 90% of my kids' faces. And every time I like think, even think about posting a picture, I just imagine a pedophile. Me like, too. I mean, from day one, I was like, I can never show them. I know. And I know that I know that I actually know that I get less engagement because I don't post my kids. And on the rare occasion where they end up on it, it gets so many more likes because people want to see pictures of, of, you know, adorable children. And my kids look nothing like me. They look like my very much handsomer husband. So they're, they're real fucking cute. But yeah, um, I can't like do the full mom influencer package because I can't post my kids. That's how I've always been. I can't do it. I will mm-hmm. not do it. It's a line I won't cross. Yeah. I think it's yeah. so scary. And I, I talk about it on here a lot. It's just, it scares the shit out of me. But then my well, we kids also now. We had a weird thing at my play at, at the playground where like some woman listened to the podcast and also followed me on Instagram and recognized my kids before I had taken them mostly off the Instagram. That's that happens um, so much in New York too. My nannies will come home and be like, "I saw so and so's kids today at the park, and you know we didn't go over and talk to them." But and I'm thinking, if no. you recognize them, what's to say that some psychopath doesn't see them as well? Yeah, some creepy psychopath, exactly, and. I also never post pictures of my nanny, who I love, who's been with us for three years. She lives with us. She's like the greatest human being on the planet and helps me raise my children. And I almost feel guilty sometimes. So I'm like, I want to share the fact that I like have another woman supporting me so that I can do all of the shit mm. that I do. Like, I do not do it on my own. Like, I can't stand that we don't like post the village that lets us do this more often. But I don't want people to recognize her. So I've never, I've never. That's great. Her. I actually should probably stop as well. I, um, I've always posted that made, that, the people that are working that scares for me. me. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to give her kudos and show that I'm not doing it. I'm like, she is like helping me do all of this. I could not do this without her. She's an amazing, amazing woman. It's so true. Yeah. Because we never, ever see a nanny in mom influencer posts. What? I don't see a nanny in never. anyone's posts besides mine. I literally feel like I'm the only no. person posting my doorman. My nanny, my fucking, yes. like, everything. I don't know. Where are everything. these people in everyone else's feeds? Right. Is there something exactly. wrong with and I'm just like, <laughs> These are no, my only friends. No, they're not at all. Like, these are my no, only real like, friends. I, <laughs> these, are the, these are the people that I'm paying, and I love them. I pay them to like me, guys. They're my only friends. I pay them to like me. I pay them to be my friends. But no, I think that we, like, no one else shows any of the support people that are in their lives. And that's it's completely ridiculous bullshit. In the first season of Under the Influence, I was like totally like a shtick that I tried to um, become a mom influencer and then like totally fail at it. And so I think I read about this where you hired the photographer. <laughs> yeah, we hired this photographer to like take mom influencing photos in like the Hannah Anderson matching pajamas. And of course, my four year old son was just like, no fucking way. I'm not wearing these. I'm putting, I'll put on whatever I want. I'm not doing this. And it was like within 45 minutes, everyone in my family, including my husband, was in tears. And they're like, I hate this. 
peace out. Her husband's yep. like, you, you do your ridiculous shit on your own. I don't want to be a part of it. So it is, I mean, it's hard and it's all, none of it's real. It's all staged. And I, th- and yeah. I think once you know that, and that's why we talk about it so much in Under the Influence, once you know that, you can enjoy Instagram again. But what about the kids? Fine. What do you feel this is doing to kids? Because I think it's fucking them up. It's totally fucking them up. It's completely fucking them up. And like, if I could keep my kids away from social media forever and ever, I would do it. The fact that like they have their entire life, so many kids have their entire lives documented in a feed on the internet is so completely disturbing and that they will constantly be thinking about what they look like in these pictures mm. and how people like they will have that constant perception of people's like other how other people see them which we all did growing up i mean i felt like a complete loser all the time but i just thought that like the cooler girls were looking at me or you know the boys in school but i never thought that complete strangers would be looking at me and judging me the few kids that we've talked to of influencers who are of age to oh my be god able to tell talk me to what do now, they say Oh, they're totally fucked up. They're they're it's my fear. They're it's my fear. Um, they're just like I feel like I was used. Yeah, that's a, they feel, are being used. Their parents have they literally. Are being used. Yes, yes. I, I, and I nobody. Yes. Why it is it like child? Actors, you've exploited. Yes, you've exploited your children for your yes. own your own agenda, yeah. and robbed yeah. them of their yeah. own sort of story. It is fucked. It's completely fucked, and they like none of them have good relationships with their parents down the road um they don't have good relationships with themselves um and scary yeah no it's really scary and i think but but also such common sense right like look at child actors i'm I'm married to one (laughs) trust me oh you are you are trust me yeah but how early did jason start like was he a was he a kid kid five he He was like on broadway at like seven years old yeah Oh, God. Do you mm-hmm. think that fucked up his sense of self? Yeah, fully. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course. Okay. I mean, yeah, so like, he course, didn't have like a stage a child... mom. He didn't have like a parent that pushed him in that way. He sort which of, I do think helps. Which I think yeah. is like the saving fucking grace. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's still so fucked up. I, I, get, I get weirded it's... out when now people, my kids are starting to understand fame to a certain degree. And mm-hmm. they'll see like somebody from mm-hmm. Mexico City come up to Jason and be like, La la la, I love your whatever, you know, just like going yeah. off. And my one son turned to me and he's like, Mom, will I have fans one day? And I died inside. I died a thousand deaths because I was just I like, like, this is so sickening. I don't I know, know how to protect them from this. I don't know what, what to say. I had a dad that was like very well known in our community and it made it, it just like, you know, not that I didn't already have feelings of inadequacy, but it really did exacerbate them by feeling like yeah. I was always eclipsed by my, you know, famous dad. I know. And then I married I a guy that eclipsed me, too. But, so and that's another you, story. You, I just yeah, keep and, it and going. But but you are way more famous than social media than Jason. I'm just gonna keep saying. He's like, oh, I, I, he's like, why don't I get brand deals? I was like, you post like once a year. Yeah, you post yourself parallel parking your car once a year that could be why brands aren't interested in brands brands aren't into that brands who's gonna who's gonna sponsor you yeah yeah Yeah. no no they want nothing to do with that i mean but i want out joe i want out of it i don't like it anymore i want out i just don't know how to get out and still sell books and you're kind of telling me i can't no you can't you can't that's i mean that's and that's the shitty truth of it we 
and I, but I do, we, and under the influence in the second season, we started calling for a women's day off all of the social media, which people do all the time and it fails, mm. but mostly to just like show how much power women actually have on these platforms mm. and also how much it's fucking up our life. If we can just turn it off for one day, then yeah. maybe we can just walk away for, from it. But you can't get off. If you want to be a person who makes things in the world and gets an audience to d- devour, to enjoy and consume the things that you actually love making, you have to be on social media right now. There's no way around it. It sucks. <sighs> Completely sucks. This I know. has been depressing, Joe. This has been I'm really so depressing. depressing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry that I'm depressing. I mean, I'm, 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 wow. I'm the worst. I'm like a harbinger of doom. Wow. Um, because it's, and I think it's only going to get worse. I do. And before it gets better, because how, like, there's just so many forms of media right now. How does anyone discover anything? How does anyone find anything except through a kind of weird parasocial fandom that exists? Yes. And the media? parasocial relationships, I, it, that's a whole nother thing. But I mean, I did find that being a new mom, it made, isolation so much easier because I could just have these uh, relationships that I could dip into with some stranger that was teaching me how to make hummus. And then, you know, I didn't have to give anything back. I could go run and do my chores. I could, you know, be whatever it was. I didn't have to make plans or meet them somewhere or worry about when their birthday was. It was just sort sort of freeing, but also prevented me from really forging real relationships in the real world. Oh yeah. No, we have this whole episode of under the influence about parasocial relationships and how we talked to women who told me they, I mean, you didn't have to leave your house in COVID, but how they literally didn't talk to any of their real friends in during COVID because they could just follow these influencers and how they genuinely thought a lot of these women were their friends and they were taking strange advice from them they were taking mental health advice they were taking Mm -hmm. nutrition advice yeah and i met one woman who took these crazy ass supplements that an influencer was recommending for her and she got so sick but she was like but i felt like this woman was my friend and i should follow her advice i should do what she was telling me and it's fucked up and people have always had parasocial relationships the term was actually coined um when television started because people had these really kind of strange, unhealthy relationships with TV stars, but TV stars weren't on a device that's in your pocket. No, no. And Johnny Carson wasn't asking your opinion on things. No. And he wasn't, you know, you couldn't pull him out when you were just sitting in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and have him, have him, have him tell you, tell you things. So you weren't watching him pick a chins it in his bathroom either. You were not watching him pick a chinzit in his bathroom, but I think that Johnny Carson would have been even more famous if I could watch him pick a chinzit. Oh, yeah. Um, he would have crushed in today's. Johnny Carson would have crushed. <laughs> he really would have. Um, but yeah, it's so like, that's another part of the, un- there's so many unhealthy parts of the social media, hmm. all of which we've been trying to talk about and people respond to it. I mean, I, I don't even look for interviews anymore. People email me. They're like, let me tell you about this crazy ass thing that happened. Or let me tell you, about this mom influencer in my town who like staged a fake kidnapping of her kids <gasps> just to get more what? on Instagram, which was a real thing. She, this woman outside Petaluma in California pretended that her kids were about to be kidnapped in a Michael's parking lot of all places, Michael's the craft store. 
And because she wanted more money. It hits on so many levels. (laughs) So many levels. So many levels. Um, And, you know, I've talked to influencers who say some of their influencer friends, they're like, should I try a suicide attempt? Do you think I would, do you think, do you think my, my engagement would go up if I tried to kill myself? And these, these stories are real and they're true. I can't wait for you to read the book. I can't wait. You're going to love it. I I don't, I can't. so much of that. I, I really, that. I mean, and that's what I think about all the time because the, my podcast is nonfiction. It's reporting. And I'm like, if you could fictionalize this and take it to the nth degree, yep. Like, what, what could you possibly do with this? So just, and thankfully, you did it. You did it. So now, now I don't have to do it. Now I can just enjoy someone else doing it, which makes me so happy. Like, no, you can just like write on the TV work. show and just like kick back. <laughs> oh my gosh, Fab- You know what? I, that's I would rather do that then like option or do any of my own shit because you know what i'm gonna need you i'm gonna need you i'm there i mean but that is so like i Uh, talk about that in the book there's this character and she's so pissed because you know one of the the other influencers has announced that she's dealing with uh, whatever it is some sort of abbreviated issue and she's like you know she gets everything she had the dui the uti the blah you know what i mean she's just like pissed because it's like that girl get, has all the issues and is always the poster child of, you know, whatever it is. But it, that's really like how fucked up it is where we're not we don't even care what that person's issue is. We're envious because they now have a new following, a new following. A new, it's a new episode. Right. So I wrote Celebrity Inc. after I was a gossip columnist um, about how famous people make money right as the Kardashians were starting to happen. They had oh, fascinating more than a decade ago. And I say at the end of my chapter about reality television, you can only keep going if you create another crisis. Yes. So I, I said, I'm like, Kim's going to have to marry someone crazier than she is and start making babies. And look what happened. It's like, I'm fucking You're excited. a prophet. But I, I am. I'm, I'm really a modern day prophet here. Truly. And, but it's even more so with a social media mm. star. You have to have another baby. You have to have another crisis. You have to keep your audience engaged. Yes. And I, I keep thinking, did you follow the Mormon mom sex scandal? No. The soft swinging sex scandal? No. Oh, God. All right. I'm, I'm really happy that I'm going to be able to leave you with this. This is what I want. This is what people want to think about. This is how we need to. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. So there's these, you know, the Mormon mom influencers. And one of the mom influencers does a reel or a TikTok or one of the videos saying she's getting divorced because her and her husband have been in a soft swinging circle. Soft swinging is apparently everything. What everything is soft but swinging? You can just get fingered, everything, but everything, not everything. But yeah, you can get fingered. It's everything, everything but um, penetration. Yeah. In who even yeah, needs so penetration, kind of, right? Like at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you've basically done it yeah. all. If you're not, you I mean, basically, silly. you've done it all. You've done it yeah. all. But they call it the soft swinging. Hilarious. Um, and Yes. And she's like, but I've been soft swinging with other mom influencers and their husbands. And now my marriage is falling apart and Uh she didn't name anyone. But of course, you know, the internet's like, who, who is in the, who is in the soft swinging circle and other mom influencers come out and like, it was not me. I was not soft swinging, you know, and then everyone really is like, what the fuck is soft swinging? Like, God, God. knew it already. Soft swinging. um, So now she's completely shifted and is posting these videos of her, like, you know, getting hot and going out with other divorced Mormon moms and divorced single Mormon moms. And, like, 
getting her groove on. So she's had a switch, right? She switched from like the mom influencer to now like the hot single mom influencer because she had to give her audience a season change, essentially. Oh my God. It's been wild because when I've been going to these different cities, they've been pairing me up sometimes with influencers from, you know, whatever city it is. And it is fascinating. The, the scene is can be so different, you know, once you leave New York. Oh, yeah. 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 Because the Mormon, you've like, you've got the Mormon mom influencers who are like real hot and they like put their hotness on display with their hair extensions uh-huh. and like the, and the, you know, chaste boob, boob, boob cleavages. And um, then you go to San Francisco, which is where I was in, really first inspired to do this podcast. And you've got the long flowing dresses and the straw hats and the, the boho like, mom, moms. the boho mom, the boho mom, like walking around squ- scribe winery in Sonoma. Oh, yes. Um, and those were the women that I first met because I lived in San Francisco, which I hated. It's a terrible place to live. But I lived there when I had my first baby and I was surrounded by those boho mom influencers and in real life and feeling like a failure in real life. Oh, my God. And then this mom comes over to my house. We had a fire pit in the backyard. She comes over one night. One of these mom influencers who I thought was just like, perfect because her social media is so perfect and she didn't speak to anyone the whole night and she then she didn't drink anything she didn't eat any of the sausage that i had on the grill so i'm very skeptical of her already yeah um, didn't speak to anyone and then she posts a beautiful picture of her own mason jar mug that she brought and her own striped paper straw holding it out in front of the fire pit talking about her beautiful night meeting so many new friends at piazza's fire pit party and i'm like you sat in the corner like a recluse and brought your own mason jar mug, you freak. And that That's was what inspired me. I know. Where is she now? Divorced. <laughs> oh my God. I think she's divorced and maybe she's a divorced mom influencer now. I don't, I don't know. I mean, but she was so unhappy in real life. And uh, yeah, I was, and I was, women so don't connect. I was like, you know, a, a drunk new mom. How do we connect? I, I was, I had no friends in San Francisco and I was introduced to, a mom influencer. And those were like, that was my social circle. That was all I knew because no one wanted to be friends with me because I didn't work for Facebook. How did they interact with you? Were they interested at all in what you were doing or was, are they all just narcissists? No, they were all just narcissists, but they, they weren't interested in each other either. That's the thing. Like we would go places and they were only taking pictures of themselves or their food. And there was no talking to each other happening. It was just constant, like, you know, the other women were there as props and then I would be cut out of the pictures. Wow. I didn't, I didn't live up to the mom influencer ideal. Because they couldn't tag you and get more followers. No, no, because I'm just a lowly author. Like I had like, I had like 5,000 followers at that point. I was very They're like boring. Like, oh, <laughs> You've only I'm written like, 10 books. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I write, I write books. And they're like, yeah, I write a blog too. And I'm like, no, like they get published you know, by publishing houses and they're, they're like, like on yeah, bookshelves, like million, million views. And I'm like, you win. That's it. All right. You win. Oh my God. And would you think they're going to take over the world? I mean, or, or yes. what you do? Yes, I do. I do. And I think that they're, they're going to take over the attention economy. Honestly, really? I, mean, I think that more people, we see it, we see less eyes on books, less eyes on TV shows, obviously less eyes on magazines because there's only so many things we can consume in a day and so many people are consuming instagram oh my god but instagram there's gonna have to be a new another app that happens 
well, TikTok, now you've got the TikTok and there'll be something that comes afterwards. But social media, I think is going to completely take over the attention economy for what I was going to say for better or worse, but for worse, it just, it is. And that's, that's really, I mean, what the whole crux of under the influence was about. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. And it, and it makes me, it makes me want to run off to the woods and turn off all of my social accounts and never do anything ever again. And maybe I'll try that experiment until my next book comes out in summer 23. And I'm like, all right, I'm back. Pre-order. So what, what is your next book? Tell us your, before you leave us, tell us your next book. So I, I just, my last novel, we are not like them was really, it's a beautiful book and it's really serious. And I was like, all I want to do is write a Sicilian murder mystery filled with sex and wine and people going missing and oh I, I banged it out oh my god finished it it's <gasps> called the sicilian inheritance i don't know if it's any good or if it has to be because it's got all the sex and wine in sicily wait obsessed and how I'm do you obsessed. pivot like this how do you pivot as a writer from I, like something so serious to now so or, serious how? so serious and so like we were having such important conversations about race and social justice and you know, doing these TV interviews. And I'm like, you know, secretly, I just need, I need a breather. I need a break. And I'm going to write some smut. I'm write some real smut. And um, so did you go there? Did you live this life? I've been to Sicily like 10 times already. Um, when I was a travel journalist, and my family's from there. And no, I haven't lived this life because I've been raising two young children and then getting surprised fucking pregnant again. I can't even drink anymore. And I th- it was like my fantasy life during COVID. And just, you know, threw it down on paper and now now I'm writing that and now you've actually freed me from the bonds of having to write a tv show of under the influence because you're going to make the tv show and you'll make it even better and now I don't have to worry and about you're going to come work with me if it ever yes. becomes anything that's if it ever it, becomes anything that's exactly. how it works uh, right I can't wait wait uh Cecilia the Sicilian inheritance it comes out summer 2023 I'm your hype no, that girl. one actually actually that one doesn't come I have another book with my other co-author that's coming out 23 this one's not even sold yet I haven't even sold it yet I just had to I had to say it out but loud Joe, how do you write with somebody else I don't know how I like it's a mm-hmm. book I could do anything else but I cannot do a book I don't know how to do a book with another person you could the thing is you could it's just like writing a tv pilot with another person I mean you have to do a really, Christine and I, and Christine used to be my editor, which helped. She edited oh. my novel. Oh, that would be great. To win. Okay. So she knew me. She was in my head already. She knew how I worked. And you do a Google Doc and you have a really robust outline. You don't stray from it. You go back and forth. And at the end of the day, it's actually nicer because during the book tour and the publicity part, which I don't actually love, you have someone with you. And you're like, oh, great. If I can just like get through this event and yep. like, you know, we, I have someone to get margaritas with or when something goes bad and someone writes the nastiest Amazon review of your book um, or you get a very lukewarm New York Times review, you have someone to like hold your hand and drink with you. And that's really nice. Mm, I do love that idea. Yeah, it's better. I love writing, but I like to collaborate. I don't like to be alone. So I like to write together. I like to write. and But, I, you know, you can't really write Sicilian smut with someone else because you just feel guilty and ashamed all the time. So that one I had to write on my own. And how polished is it before you're submitting this to editors these are now just questions not even for i don't even know if my listeners are want to know this but i need to know like how polished is yeah. a draft like this before you submit it 
this uh, so i when i write alone when i write with christine we have like really really big outlines when i write alone i sit down and fly by the seat of my pants every morning um and write a thousand words Mm -hmm. and so now i'm editing it right now while i'm out on the road working on another podcast and it will be this book will be in fairly good shape i'll have like three or four people read it for me before i give it to my editor in september i'm giving it to my agent in two weeks whoa Oh my God, this is a lot to take in. There are so many questions offline I'm going to ask you. So many. I'm here for, I'm here for all of them. I'm so am... excited to reconnect. When I realized that you were doing that podcast, I thought to myself, how the fuck did I write this book with never speaking to Joe about this subject? I know. And I can't believe that like our brains were on the same wavelength. I'm looking at the way. books you've been writing for the past like six years and I'm like, she's me. We're, I'm yeah, in I know, your head. I know, and we haven't talked in six years since How to Be Married came out. We haven't crazy. spoken, and yet we've no. been like fully tethered to each other somehow. I know. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. Well, I, um, I want to see you in person. I could talk to you for hours and hours if I didn't have to go behind this dumpster and pee. No, I, go. P- oh, my God. You haven't even peed. I was hoping you would pee during this interview, to be I honest. I thought that no, that would have been great for my... I thought I was going to have to. Li- I thought it was going to happen, but no, it didn't. It would have oh, made great audio. I think I'm going to... We would have gone viral to- for that. I think I'm going to have to, when I post about this, claim that you did pee during the interview. Cool. I'm fine with that. All right. Great. Fine. Yeah. Um, I love you. Thank you for doing this. I, I can't Thank wait you. to this talk is more. so fun. Will you send me your cell phone so that I can just, you know, haunt yeah. you every day? Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Bye.